change your mind, and you'll change everything. Welcome to Nathan's School of Thought. Hello, my friends. I almost said hello, my fine 400 friends. I guess I have chitty chitty bang bang on the mind or something. But I'm excited to talk to you for the first time in the year 2023. And you will notice a change in the podcast as we move forward from here, because there are a number of topics that I have sort of saved until we could get to them in the right context. And today begins one of those. Several years ago, I was working for a company that had spent tens of thousands of dollars creating what we then called a learning community. I was in charge of managing that learning community. And after several months, maybe a year or a little more, I got a phone call from the software company that we had hired to develop that learning portal, that community. He said, I need to talk to you. Can we meet together? I said, sure. So I drove down to his office and we sat down and he said, I don't know what to tell you, but our servers are being shut off. We're going out of business. In a panic, I went back and reported to my boss and he told me, figure out something. Find a way to solve this. Now, I'm a creative guy. And to me, this was kind of an exciting problem. I know that's a terrible thing to admit. And my boss later told me that he thought my idea was so outlandish that he was just going to let it crash and burn so I would learn a lesson. Anyway, here was my idea. I said, look, the best developers I know actually work here. And if there's anything I know about developers, they're very competitive. They would fight to the death over a t-shirt. If there was some incentive for them to do this, I bet you we could replace the entire portal in a very short time. And I have an idea. I asked for $4,000. Now, I used to ride a Vespa scooter to work. And so I went down to the Vespa shop and persuaded the owner of the store to let me place one of those in the common meeting area where all of the developers would take their lunch. And then went to a graphic designer and had him design a big poster showing the rules of the competition. And it was, we have 10 days. You have three days to come up with a plan or prototype for the system that will replace the learning community. After three days, I will choose two finalists. Those two finalists will have five days to make the new system operational and ready to transfer data. And in the remaining two days, I will transfer all of the documents, all of the writing, all of the department names and everything, and 600 videos to the new system, and it will go live. And so we did. Now, why were these developers anxious to do this? And how were they able to make it happen? Two things. Number one, there was an incentive. That $4,000 scooter was a fun toy. And while that wasn't nearly enough money for the kind of thing that they were doing, it proved to be incentive enough. 
In fact, the winner said, can I do a telescope instead of a scooter? So we let him get a telescope. But the other thing is that they used open source software. The licensing is such that I can freely obtain the source code for this piece of software that somebody made, and I can make refinements, alterations, changements, 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 etc. And I can upload that to the community, and this whole thing sort of organically grows. There are a number of really famous and commonly used pieces of software that you may or may not realize are open source. Nobody really got paid to create that. Why would anybody do that? Well, I'll tell you why. And what I'm about to tell you will have a pretty big impact if you apply it on your personal, family, and work life. When we try to get people to do things, there are three basic motivators that we're dealing with and often don't recognize that we're dealing with. The first and least effective way to get someone to do what you're asking them to do is coercion. And yet in business and in families and in other areas of life, it's the most common. You have to do this. You're required to do this. You have until such and such a day to do this. Coercion is the most commonly used motivational tool, and I'm putting that in air quotes because it's not a very good one. And it's the least likely to achieve a desirable outcome. The second thing and better motivator for people is this makes my job or my life easier. If you'll do this, we'll give you a system to do it with. If you'll clean your room, you don't have to help clean the kitchen. If you'll do this, then this. Anything that makes my job easier or my life easier is more likely to get me to cooperate than coercion is. But there's one thing that's a greater motivator than the other two. It's the best motivator of all. It's making someone understand that they matter. Now, I've had people in large corporations argue this with me strenuously. They say, there's no way. People don't do stuff like that. People won't do stuff just to matter. Really? Then explain open source software to me. There are people who are heroes in the open source software movement because they matter. What they did enabled somebody else to do something fantastic, and they were recognized for their work. If I do something that makes me feel like I changed somebody else's life, then I feel like I matter. If I do something with one of my children that helps them feel like they matter to me, what's the likelihood that they will be cooperative and grateful and closer to me? Very high. If I have a neighbor or a friend who persistently talks about their grandchildren being better than everybody else's grandchildren and all oh, their children are so amazing and, oh, I did this thing and, oh, I'm known all over the community because I make the best jam and, oh, I'm such a wonderful person because I guarantee that's somebody who doesn't feel like they matter. 
Their persistent insecurity is what drives their apparent braggadocio. And it's insecurity speaking. Do you want to have a good relationship with that neighbor or friend? Tell them that they matter. Show it by your actions. Even if the conversation has to be cut short, it can be cut short with, I'm sure glad you're my friend. I've got to go now, but we'll talk again sometime soon. Oh, wonderful, because I was just going to tell you the story of, oh, I know, and it will be fun to hear it. We'll talk again. All that person has to know is that they actually matter. They matter to somebody. It may as well be you. Children respond when they know they matter. Friends respond when they know they matter. Employees respond when they know they matter. Now, because I'm an old guy, and some of you can relate to this, I've had a number of employers, some good and some disastrously bad. I've had employers who used only coercion to get a desired result, and they were ones that I resented greatly. We see this in parenting. Sometimes people parent with coercion. Now, I'm not saying that we shouldn't hold our children to a certain expectation, nor am I saying that telling someone they can't go on a date unless their room is clean is a bad thing. But forcing people to do things is never as great a motivator as them feeling like they really matter and they count as valuable. Children ruled by fear only wait until the object of fear is removed, and then they do what they want. I taught at a junior college for several years. It was fascinating to me, and often sad, to watch these kids come out of homes and be on their own for the first time, just barely out of high school, and they kind of go crazy. They kind of go off the deep end. The ones that had the greatest trouble were the ones for whom every single step they took at home was enforced by threat of punishment. As soon as the threat was removed, they went bonkers. The ones who did well were the ones whose parents helped them understand what was expected of them, but did it with love, helping the child understand, no matter their age, that they mattered that they were important, and that their happiness and success was the greatest desire of that parent. Now back to the employers. The employers that I've had that forced me to do things became the object of my resentment. I had one boss who was so fantastically good that he spent most of his time helping each employee understand what their unique contributions were and why they mattered so much. I had many conversations with others in my department who reported to that same person. And all of us said we would give blood, sweat, and tears for that guy. I would have done anything that he asked me to do because I knew that his motive was the collective success of the department and the business and my own growth and ability. He appreciated what I was and who I was, and I appreciated him for it. You want to change how your children respond to you? Help them know first and foremost how much they matter. 
Do you want to change your relationship with your neighbors or that irritating person on Facebook who has to jump on the community page and light everything on fire? Or the guy at church who has to say, let me play devil's advocate and then goes on to just be disruptive and combative? Do you want those people to behave in a different way? Do you want those people's lives to be changed? Do you want to learn to love them? Help them see that they matter. It will change you, not just them. Everything is different when people know they matter. You matter to me. You matter to God. Let's spread that around. We'll talk again soon. 